Guys, what's going on? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and today we're going to talk about Cornell West. Cornell West made an appearance on The Breakfast Club that I thought was just fascinating. Uh, Cornell went on to The Breakfast Club and spoke with Charlemagne the God and uh, really let him have it. I mean, he laid out some stuff that you're not really going to hear a lot in American politics. And uh, I'm going to give you sort of a perspective on Cornell, what he means for the election and why they are afraid of Cornell West, why Joe Biden and his team are shaking in their boots when they see Cornell West coming. So uh, get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on drboystv.com in three, two, one, and go. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. What's going on, everybody? I hope you guys are doing well. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. And uh, today I want to talk a little bit about a guy named Cornell West. Uh, Dr. Cornell West is running for president. He's a scholar. He's a thinker. He's a good person. Um, I've known Cornell for many, many years. And uh, he made an appearance recently on The Breakfast Club. And I just could not help but to feel uh, intrigued and inspired enough to step out and uh, say something about this appearance. Uh, do me a favor. Let me know if you can hear me. Give me a yes in the chat if you hear me okay. Let me know if my audio is coming through all right. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes because we get so, so straightforward and radical and because the politics in this country is so insanely ridiculous and, and really corrupt, uh, channels like ours get shadow banned. I'm going to be honest with you. All. We get shadow banned. We have over a million subscribers on different channels, and uh, they only notify maybe 50 people or something when we go live. So I need you all to hit the notification bell so you'll be notified when we go live and also make sure that you we connect in various ways because we got to get around these systems uh, i have a telegram page a black investors group on telegram uh, it's a whole channel just dedicated to black people that want to build wealth black people that want to invest black people that want to do well financially uh so if that's of interest to you uh, just go to drboystelegram.com that's one way we can get around this system because telegram lets us have freedom of speech all right thank you eric and carol and kenneth shout out the city let me know which city you're from and uh, let's just get started let's jump into this conversation. So Cornell West, how many of you, give me a yes or no, how many of you knew Cornell West was running for president? Uh, how many of you have been paying attention to what's been going on here? Um, I'm really intrigued by it all. I think it's really interesting. I'm here for it all. I really am. I, I think that Cornell running for president just really makes this uh, next election cycle really interesting. I think it throws a big monkey wrench into the whole uh, political machine. And uh, they don't like that stuff. They don't. They don't like that stuff. They don't like this idea of black people thinking that we can actually drive the car. They don't like the idea of black people saying, oh, wait, 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 hold on, wait, wait, wait. You, uh, y'all, y'all really think that you're more than pawns in this whole political process? You really think that you're supposed to be more than just our servants? Like you, you really think that we're supposed to actually serve you? You think you're supposed to get something for your vote? What's wrong with you Negroes? And I want to give a shout out to Charlemagne the God for having the courage to have him on there. I know Charlemagne, uh, I was on there a few times on the Breakfast Club, and I, I got to know Charlemagne, and uh, and and he read my book. I gave him a, a copy of my book that I wrote years ago, called uh, "What If George Bush Wore a Black Man." 
And uh, when I met Charlemagne on the Wendy Williams show years ago, he asked for a copy of the book and I just gave him a copy and signed it. I didn't think he was going to read it because I figured he was too busy. And he read it. He read the whole book. Next time I saw him on the Wendy show, he had read the whole book. And then I saw when, when Wendy left, Charlemagne uh, lost his job with, with the Wendy show. And he went back to South Carolina. He was doing this little show that nobody was listening to. I mean, this is a lesson. I know some of y'all may have mixed feelings about Charlemagne one way or the other. But one thing that you uh, that you can learn from is what it, what it looks like to be dedicated to your craft. And let me just tell you, uh, this is a beautiful comeback story because Charlemagne went down back to South Carolina where he's from. And he was doing this show that nobody was listening to. He literally was so dedicated to radio that he was doing the show that nobody was listening to. It was like a public service access type show, public access type type of stuff. And each week my brother would call me and say, Charlemagne wants to interview you. And I would, I did the interview and I was like, well, you know, he's down and out now. I'm going to treat him the way I, I would hope that he would treat me. And, uh, and I, w- I went on his show. I was on it for like an hour and I was like, man, this is so much time. I don't have, I don't have a whole hour to do a whole interview. And then he called the next week and had me on again. And I was like, damn, I gave him an interview last week. And I, I said, no, boys, just go ahead and do the interview. And I swear to you, I kid you not, I had no idea that this brother was going to be as big as he is now. I had no idea. And I'm like, whoo, good thing I'm nice to people when they when they ain't on top. And, uh, and so Charlemagne goes back to New York and just absolutely kills it. And so uh, one lesson you can learn, whether you like Charlemagne or not, that's not the issue. One lesson you can learn from this is that you got to be dedicated kid, to, to your craft. You got to, you know, believe in what you believe in. You know, because it's not always going to be easy. You're not always going to be big and shiny. You're not always going to have the best opportunities. You're not always going to have people applauding what you're doing. You just have to decide, am I am I doing this or not? Am I about that life or not about that life? And if you are about that life, then be with, be about it, whether the money's there or not, whether the fame is there or not, whether the recognition is there or not, because that's that defines who you are. That defines how you operate, how you roll. OK, so anyway, with that said, I want to give Charlemagne and the crew credit for having Cornell West on because you don't understand how the money, you know, I understand money. Money's my thing. My PhD is in money. And you have no idea what kind of financial pressure media outlets are under to commit to and submit to the political machine that runs America. Like you, do you understand how much money it costs? Give me a guess if you're following what I'm saying. You you have no idea how much money it costs, how many billions of dollars it costs to keep up this kind of epic charade where you are simultaneously screwing 350 million people at the same time, simultaneously robbing them of opportunity, simultaneously robbing them of their their economic prospects, simultaneously robbing them of their core reality, simultaneously robbing them of their democracy. That's what these systems do. That's what they're doing. Because there's nobody on this planet. Give me a yes or no. If you if you think that having more than two parties is a good idea, give me a yes. If you think that we should move past just having a Democrat or the Republicans, or as I think um, I think as uh, uh, Cornell West called it, uh, Tweedle Tweedle D and Tweedle Don't or something like that. Give me a yes if you agree that we should have more than a two party system. Give me a yes if you agree, if we agree on that. Even if you disagree with what I say. I'm hoping you'll understand that we need more than two parties now. So, 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 so you got to understand how much money it takes to maintain this kind of charade. So when a show like the breakfast club, and I don't know who's running things over at the breakfast club, I haven't been on there in a long time. And so I, I was on there four times or something. I don't need to go on there again. I'd rather have them have other people on there. I, I would talk to Charlemagne and he was gracious enough to uh, help me get Louis Farrakhan on there. I thought that was epic. Uh, he was gracious enough to help me get Tariq Nasheed on there. I, I thought that was epic. Uh, at that point, I didn't want to do it anymore. I'm okay with that. I'm not trying to be hip hop. I'm not trying to be cool. I'd rather have other people go out there and do that type of stuff. But the thing about it is that you have to give them credit for letting people talk who have views that do not fit within the little Democrat Republican box. 
So so I, I don't know what the consequences are, but I can guarantee you that there are probably some people who are getting, you know, phone calls saying, why are you even bringing this person on? Why are you talking to this person? Uh, you know, this is going to mess up the money because what happens with the Democrats and, and the Democrats have a huge stake in the management of black people. You have a lot of what they call Negro managers. I mean, they, they, they Sometimes they pretend to be black leaders, but they're not really black leaders. They're Negro managers. Negro managers are people that manage you like sheep that that you're supposed to be they manage you like pawns and so the negro managers get lots and lots of money lots and lots of money opportunity status fancy jobs to basically deliver black people you know the, the political systems are driven by the ability to go to a group and get them to carry water for you that's what it's all driven by that's what gives you power and everything else and so when i see a major outlet like the breakfast club just kind of bucking that system I give them credit for that. I do. I, I don't even mind if they uh, they bring it. They should bring on the Republicans. They should bring on the Democrats. This is what democracy looks like. You know, uh, Larry Elder was on there. I I don't like I don't just so you know, I don't like most of what Larry Elder says. Larry Elder bothers me because Larry Elder reminds me of Candace Owens. Larry Elder will say things that are true, but he'll say things for the wrong reasons. He'll say things that are true, but it's built on a lie. So he'll say something like, um, there is no systematic racism uh, and race. What we think is racism only exists because black people, uh, they, because their families have fallen apart. Yeah, you're right. Families have fallen apart. But uh, a lot of the reason the families fell apart is because of systematic racism. Uh, you know, the policies, the Joe Biden-esque policies that wanted to incarcerate black people was one of the reasons why black families fell apart. How many of y'all have a relative who was in prison? How many of y'all have a relative that was in on drugs? where the CIA dropped drugs in the black community. And this is not a Democratic Party thing alone. This is a bipartisan effort. You see, this is where America unifies. America unifies around the idea of making sure that those Negroes never get out of line. Uh, they, they agreed upon this. They agreed to incarcerate everybody. Because the same way you can also point to, to Joe Biden and his how he was the architect of mass incarceration. You can also look at Donald Trump. And you remember when, when uh, the Central Park Five case was big. Trump wrote, took out a big old full page article talking about how these guys should get all these years in prison. So so this is a bipartisan effort to lock you up. This is a bipartisan effort to keep you broke. It's a bipartisan effort to keep you in a, a point of servitude. So Larry Elder is a servant of the Republicans. So I look at a Larry Elder and he's no different from somebody who's serving the Democrats. Uh, you know, I look at a Candace Owens and she looks no different from somebody who's working for Joe Biden. It's just they're on different sides and what they do. Here's what they do. This is where you got to be careful. You're like the little abused girl who's been traumatized and you've got two pimps that are using your trauma to control you. One pimp is saying, well, you know, he beat your ass last week. You need to come work for me, girl. And the other pimp is saying, well, you know, he he stabbed you two weeks ago, girl. You you need to come hang out with me because I'm going to treat you right. And and really, she doesn't need to be with either one of those guys because both of those guys are going to exploit her. Both Neither one of those guys cares about her. Neither one of those men, neither one of her pimps is really going to have her best interest at heart. But each pimp knows, each pimp knows about her pain. Each pimp knows how to use her pain and leverage that pain to get her into a point of servitude and to control her and to mind control her in such a way that she serves their interests instead of somebody else's. So so you're getting used as a pawn. And, and I, I wish I could talk a lot of people out of this. I wish a lot of people could understand this. But the part of the reason that it works is because most people just don't think on that level. Most people are not playing three, four, five dimensional chess. Most people are playing two dimensional checkers and they end up getting caught in the trap. 
And do me a favor, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. We're talking about Cornell West's appearance on The Breakfast Club and why that was so important, why that was so epic. Uh, I watched a big chunk of the interview and I did I, I did some analysis on it and I I just love I loved it. I loved it. And uh, and I hit that thumbs up button. Please hit that thumbs up button. And also just a reminder, my new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. You can get a copy on Amazon and also you can go to my website, boycewatkins.com. Take a look at that book. I believe that a big part of the answer for black folks is economics. And uh, and that's what I know. And that's what I respect. And I believe that if you're economically strong, you're going to just be stronger in a capitalist society. Remember, a capitalist society is built on economics. So if you're economically weak, you will tend to be exploited. And this is without regard to race. All right. So what's up, Dr. Vibe from Canada? How you doing, brother? Everybody go follow Dr. Vibe show. It's a very good show. He's a very smart man. All right. So I'm going to read some of this book to you guys. I'm actually going to read a part of Dr. Claude Anderson's book called The Black History Reader. Now, there's a whole big debate going on in the United States about whether or not we should teach critical race theory in public school or not. Um, I don't participate in that debate because I don't believe that what the public schools do is going to make a big difference for black children because public schools have been proven, according to every statistic I can see, to not educate black kids. Uh, one of the what our core beliefs are in the black business schools, we believe black people should educate our own children, create our own jobs and support black owned businesses. If we educate our own kids, then they won't be brainwashed by the school system. If we create our own jobs, then we don't have to go beg massive for opportunities. And if we support black owned businesses, those businesses can create the jobs and support the, the institutions that you need in your community. You don't need more jobs. You need more businesses. You don't need more politicians working on your behalf. You need more institutions that that will support and sustain you and focus on you. That's one of the reasons why you get so neglected. So I'm going to read. So one of the great institutions of our community is a guy named Dr. Claude Anderson. Charlemagne is a big uh, fan of Dr. Claude Anderson. He just, just a little side note, he and Tiffany Haddish, they impressed me. They got Dr. Claude Anderson told me that they got on a private jet and they flew down to Dr. Claude Anderson's house and sat with him, which I thought was really powerful and epic for people in their position. Hollywood, uh, the entertainment space, they don't want to hear about black people who really have good ideas for black people who really have good solutions. So the fact that your entertainers have now kind of become Trojan horses uh, in that space, bringing these great ideas along with them is really a beautiful thing. And it's becoming very disruptive. Like if you remember when Charlemagne interviewed Joe Biden, Joe Biden, I don't think he's I don't think he was ready to ever do a, a solo interview with Charlemagne ever again. You know, Charlemagne handed he handed him his ass. He, he got him rattled. Why? Well, because he asked him the right questions. And, uh, and and I, I just tell you, I think it's beautiful. I absolutely love it. I support it 100 percent. And I'm very, very happy that we're making this progress. So don't give up hope. OK, so uh, let me read some of Dr. Claude Anderson's book to you. And it's going to explain why your black politicians don't tend to do anything for black people. This is historic. This is a code of conduct. This is uh, white folks being on code. This is something that they put in the code many, many years ago. This is not new. So Cornel West is being radical by simply standing up there and saying, you know, hey, I, I care about black people. Just just that statement alone, just saying that is, is right there. I mean, that puts his life in danger, to be honest with you. That that, that puts everything in danger. And it's crazy. Cornejo is so smart. He's such a smart man. And he's a good man, too, by the way. I, I judge people by how you act when nobody's looking. And there, believe me, there are, there are a lot of public figures I've hung out with a lot where uh, you get them behind closed doors. They're terrible people. 
Cornell's not one of those people. I saw Cornell. I spent the one time we the one time we spent the most time together. We spent seven hours together in New York City in 2013, and he participated in an event that we had um, for a, a book that I wrote years ago called "It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar: A New Paradigm for Black America." And the whole day, me and Cornell were walking through New York City, and I saw how he treated every single person that walked up to him. A few people knew me. Most people didn't. Most mainstream people don't know me, and I like it that way. I don't want to be mainstream. He's very main. He's out there, right? So the white people, black people, all saw him they all recognize him and he was very gracious to everybody he was gracious to the janitor he was gracious to uh to the the, the ceo he'd be gracious to the police officer every person he met and, and he that's how he's built you know and i really think these things matter i really think these, these things matter and i believe at the core of his soul cornell is exactly what america needs he really is exactly what america needs because you don't need such an overcommitment to capitalism that you are destroying your society you, you don't need such an overcommitment to money and in, in economics. And I'm an expert on money. This is where Cornell and I are different. You know, I'm a finance professor, for God's sake. Cornell is a Marxist. But I but but what I love about him is that he understands why we need black owned businesses. And I also can appreciate the good ideas that lie within Marxism. Karl Marx, the, the founder of Marxism, he had great points when he talked about what capitalism does to you, what capitalism does to you. And I did a whole breakdown of this on the Black Financial Channel earlier today. What capitalism does is it creates a society where there's all this so-called wealth and prosperity, but yet the majority of Americans do not feel financially secure. How is it that you live in the richest country in the world and the majority of you don't have any money saved, don't have any money put aside for an emergency, are not prepared for retirement, don't feel like you have adequate health insurance. You got a homelessness problem that's through the roof. Well, that's because you, you've OD'd on capitalism. You've OD'd on capitalism. I went. I just went on a tour. I went to Iceland, Denmark, and Sweden. I told you all about that the whole time I was there. Next year, we're going to Africa, by the way. So if you want to join us on our Africa trip, uh, I'll keep you guys posted. Join my Telegram group, uh, the Black Investors Group on Telegram, and I'll announce it there uh, when we're ready to uh, to, to uh, invite people that they want to go. So there's the, the URL, drboystelegram.com. And we got to connect off of YouTube and Facebook anyway. When I was over in Iceland, I did not see a single homeless person. Um, I saw maybe a couple in Denmark, maybe one or two. When I went to Seattle, there were so many homeless people I had to step over. Like they'd taken over entire sections of the city. Uh, fentanyl addicts. Uh, I, when I was in Denmark, I did not see a single. I, I rarely, how about this? I rarely saw an obese person. Over here, it's everywhere. Obesity is everywhere because the food industry sells you poisonous food and they make a big profit from it. So the government doesn't stop them from doing it. Uh, the citizens are much better educated. Uh, when I talked to one of the families about um, their vacation time, he said that they got six weeks per, for va vacation. I said, wow, in the U.S., we only get two weeks. Um, they talked about how they're uh, in parts of Denmark. There was a time where big corporations like BlackRock were trying to black buy all the houses like they're doing in Atlanta. Anybody seen that in Atlanta where all these uh, corporations are buying all the houses and then they're raising the rent and they're trying to force everybody to become renters so the corporations can make money? Anybody seen that? Well, he said that they tried to start doing that in Denmark and they passed a law. That says that you can't do that, that basically you can't raise the rent for five years or residency requirements. You actually have to live in the house, you know, things like that. So long story short, there are models of how you uh, create a government that serves everybody and not just the elite. America is a country that unfortunately has trained itself to believe that greed is good. Uh, we, we, we just we still believe in trickle down economics. And and so that's how you can have a country where you allegedly have all this prosperity, where your per capita incomes and GDPs and everything else are so high. 
but you've got so many millions of people that are barely getting by. You've got millions of homeless people. you got an insane layout. And Cornell West is a guy who can bring just enough Marxism and socialism and all these other terms that we don't like to use into the society that would allow us to have that balance. Now, he's not going to be president. We know this. He's not going to be president of the United States. I don't even know if he, I don't even know. I think that that would corrupt his soul so much that I don't think he could, I I just really don't think, he, he he's such a good guy. And, you know, and I, and I say this, I don't take that lightly, but he's such a good guy that I think being president and having to make the decisions that a president would have to make would be very difficult for him. Um, I think Barack Obama was a good president because he's thoughtful and intelligent, but he's also, I also believe strongly that he may be a sociopath. And I think he may be able to tell enough lies and be able to uh, be devious just enough to get into office and to uh, and to be a great leader or a great man, but not a good man. Uh, remember, those two different things. There's a difference between being a great man and being a good man. I don't think Barack Obama was always a good man, but I don't think the president of the United States can always be a good man. But the president of the United States has to be a great man or a great woman, meaning that sometimes you have to make decisions that don't have clear ethical lines. Cornell is a very ethical person, so I don't know if he'd make a great president, to be honest with you, but he'd be the kind of person that needs to be in the ear of a president so the president doesn't allow his actions to stray too far away from his core values. So Cornell's a good conscience. Like he'd be a great advisor to a president to help them make America better. Because if you don't turn around this ship in this country, this ship is going down. If you do not force these politicians to stop doing the nonsense that they're doing, this whole country is going to hit the hell in the handbasket. And it's not going to happen in your lifetime. It's going to happen in the lifetime of your kids or your grandkids. It's going to happen in this next century coming up. It's not going to happen before you and I are gone, hopefully, because I want to be up out of here before everything starts falling apart. But it's going to happen. Every indicator is pointing to America being on the decline. That I can guarantee you. So hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. You're watching DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. We're talking about Dr. Cornell West and his appearance on The Breakfast Club and how great uh, he was on The Breakfast Club. I thought he did a wonderful job. I think that he, uh, I thought it was great that they had him on. I thought it was great that he was able to speak his piece. And I think he's somebody that everybody should know about, everybody should listen to. And I think he's also scaring the hell out of Joe Biden. So I'm going to read a little bit to you from Dr. Claude Anderson's book, The Black History Reader, where he talks about how it is a tradition. It is an historical tradition to train black politicians to not do anything for black people. And so here's what he says. This is on page 141 on his book, The Black History Reader. I'll put his website up here. It's powernomics.com. Everybody should get a copy of all of Dr. Anderson's books. He says here, with the legal controls of slavery gone, conservatives instituted numerous formal and informal codes of behavior to protect the group-based interests of whites in maintaining the racial status quo. Conservatives established political codes of conduct, many unwritten, that they imposed on blacks seeking to be elected or appointed to public office. Some states did formalize their political codes of conduct into laws. Whether written or unwritten, those codes have stood as sacred understandings between blacks and whites for centuries and endure until the present time, especially in southern states. These codes plainly told blacks the political behaviors from them that whites would consider inappropriate and unacceptable. So when they started letting black people run for office, this is what it's saying. It's saying that when they started letting black people run for office, they said you can run for office, but you have codes of behavior. Just like they told Joe Lewis back in the day, if you win a fight. You can't you can't gloat. Uh, you can't stand over your white opponent. You cannot be seen in public with a white woman. Anybody remember that where they would give him codes of behavior? Well, here they had they had codes of conduct for black politicians and they still apply to this day. That's why I'm reading this. He says here, the three primary elements of the code of conduct ground rules for black seeking public office were one, 
blacks in high public office could not use their position to publicly encourage, support, or direct uh, or direct causes to alter black economic conditions. So as a black politician, you are not allowed to publicly encourage people to support causes that alter the black economic condition. Number two, blacks in high public office could not encourage black people to act as a unified group. So you could not encourage black unity. You can encourage black disunity, but you cannot encourage black unity. Number three, blacks in high public office could not advocate holding whites accountable for slavery or ill treatment. So if you speak up to white folks about the history and the, and the, the trauma they've imposed on black people, your black butt will be taken out of office. This is what Dr. Anderson says in his book, The Black History Reader. The particulars of the Southern Behavior Codes and what whites expected of blacks were proclaimed of, of legal and extra-legal organizations. Uh, sorry, they were proclamations of legal and extra-legal organizations such as the KKK and the White Citizens Councils. When Reconstruction ended in the mid-1870s, the radical Republicans abandoned blacks and withdrew back to the North. The unofficial code of conduct for blacks in elected politics is visible today in the behavior of black politicians who try to take race out of it, out of race matters or try to avoid involvement in the topic altogether. This behavior management tool imposed on blacks has been in place for 150 years, but does not apply to other racial, ethnic, religious or gender groups of people. It applies only to blacks. It is inconceivable that white, Asian, Native American, or Jewish elected officials would be instructed to avoid taking public positions on issues of importance to their specific group. Fearing the consequence of breaking the code of conduct, black elected officials today still shy away from using their office or public platform to address and remove the historical barriers that prevent their people from being self-sufficient and competitive. So just the things that I say on this platform are seen as being very radical. Uh, this is not something that would be allowed to be stated if I were a black politician. Expectations of the political code of conduct have become so ingrained in blacks in general and black voters in particular that they do not even expect leadership or material support from blacks in high levels of government or corporate America. As the authentic period of the civil rights movement was ending in the late 1960s and 70s, a few activists, black elected officials defied the code of conduct. They entered politics for the specific purpose of using their offices to improve the socioeconomic conditions of blacks in their jurisdiction. They defied the political code and took public positions on black issues, worked for the good of the group, treated blacks and white politicians as white politicians treated white constituents and began to deliver benefits to their constituents. Mayor Harold Washington of Chicago, Mayor Coleman Young of Detroit, of Detroit, Michigan, Mayor Marion Barry of Washington, D.C., and Mayor Maynard Jackson of Atlanta, Georgia, are some of the mayors who used their positions to ensure blacks were included in contract, grant, and employment processes. As a result, blacks in those cities accessed and profited from economic opportunities that had not been previously available to them. So you, you see what I'm saying? So there have been some people out here that have actually done it. Give me a yes if you can hear me. Let me know if you can hear me, okay? I'll make sure my audio is still going through okay. Black voters who elect candidates to public office have a right to expect benefits. It is apparent that there is a missing connection between electing a black person to a public office and black America receiving proportional social and economic benefits in return for their votes. There is a good chance that black voters could change the game if they established a black code of conduct that rewards or punishes black elected officials or appointed officials who become colorblind and can no longer see the people suffering. So he's saying that the response to the uh, racist code of conduct would be to establish a code of conduct of your own and to hold your politicians accountable. That's what Dr. Anderson is saying. So, so Cornell West, in my view, is a guy who is um, a good person. Uh, he believes what he says. Uh, he stands on what he believes in. And that's what makes him 
just so scary and so radical. That's what makes him such a danger to Joe Biden in, in, in politics. Co- Cornel West is simply the guy who's coming along and offering love to the unloved. He's act- giving attention to a neglected group of people. Uh, he's he's shaming the Democratic Party for the fact that they've done nothing for you. And he's calling out things that we've called out consistently on this platform, that it makes no damn sense that the only thing you can tell me in terms of why I should vote for you is that somehow Donald Trump is worse than 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 you are. I don't care about that anymore. And, and Cornel West made a very good point as well when he said that the Democrats, by neglecting black people, are actually giving more power to Donald Trump. You're giving votes to Donald Trump. You're giving support to the Republicans because uh, neo-fascism would not rise the way that it's risen if you were doing your damn job. So instead of simply pointing out and saying those people are worse, oh, well, what are you going to do? If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Instead of trying to strong arm people into getting your vote, you better start serving those people or they're going to start serving themselves and serving each other. And that's going to be a a powerful day for black folks, but it's going to be a big blow to white supremacy. So that's my two cents, guys. That's uh, that's all I wanted to share with you. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, the interviews on The Breakfast Club, I encourage you to go take a look at it if you get a chance. Cornell did a great job. Uh, a good job. Also, my friend Teslin Figaro. I saw Teslin at the reparations rally. Uh, she's about it, about it. And I just think she's great at, at her job. And I'm very happy to see that she is uh, doing her work with The Breakfast Club. And uh, and, and I, I think we're making progress. I think this is good. This is going to be a really interesting election, especially when they start talking about reparations. When reparations becomes uh, one of the talking points of the election, Watch out because the fireworks are going are, are gonna to spark and you're going to start seeing where people really stand. And you're going to start finding out that most white liberals care more about being liberal than they care about serving black people. That they'll always put their liberal needs and their liberal agendas ahead of a black agenda, even though you're the group of people who offers the most support. They'll put their needs ahead of your needs, even though you're the group of people that needs the most help. They'll put their their issues ahead of your issues, even though you're the people who have been the most consistent and the most loyal. There's something wrong with that. There's something definitely wrong with that. And if I got to be the one to say it, then I'm going to say it. But hopefully other people say it, too, so I won't be saying it by myself. All right, guys. So uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. And uh, also my website is drboysbooks.com. If you want to get a copy of my book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, just go to drboysbooks.com. Use the code word book club and get 30% off anything in the store uh, by using the code word book club. And uh, also uh, don't forget the All Black National Convention is happening in Atlanta uh, October October 20th through the 22nd. And uh, this is where we are gathering really smart black people to solve really important problems in our community. And uh, and these are fearless people. It is not funded by a corporation. It's not funded by the government. It's funded by uh, people in the community, black owned businesses, things like that. So uh, this is not black liberation brought to you by McDonald's. It's, it's actually intelligent black people getting together and doing what we're supposed to do, which is to fight for ourselves. And that's what we have to do. So anyway, guys, uh, please take a, uh, please have a great day. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you soon. Take care now. Peace. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are.